And I, I thank you so much that all suffering has an expiration date when you come, Lord. And so I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would come soon. But even now, that by your Spirit, you would come and be among us in a special way. <clears throat> that you would help us to hear from you as we look at your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <coughs> All right, well, if you have your Bibles with you, um, turn, if you would, to the book of Philippians in the New Testament. Um, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. So Philippians. <clears throat> and last week, for those of you who were able to be here, uh, Brian kicked us off in Philippians with an overview sermon, flying over the whole book and helping us get our uh, navigation coordinates for where we're going uh, and, and what the book is all about. So this week, I get to jump right in to the first chapter. So we're going to be looking at the first eight verses. Remember, Paul is writing Philippians from jail. He's in prison uh, because he was a rabble-rouser for Jesus, um, and, and he was locked up uh, for preaching the gospel. So he's in prison, and he is uh, writing to a church that has supported him, the Philippian church. Philippians 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all God's holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart, and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. So, eight verses here at the beginning of the letter, and you can divide them into two separate chunks. The, the first two verses, Paul greets the Philippians. He says who he is, who's with him, and he identifies who he's writing to. And he gives them an opening blessing. So, the greeting, I've titled that first section, Paul's um, greeting, I, I've titled it Grace and Peace to the Saints. Grace and peace to the saints. And then in verses 3 to 8, the second section, Paul talks about his prayers for the Philippians. He wants them to know he prays for them. And these verses you can summarize this way. Paul's joyful thanksgiving for the Philippians. His joyful thanksgiving for the Philippians. So grace and peace to the saints, that's part one of today's message. And then the second part is Paul's joyful thanksgiving for the Philippians Let's start with the greeting, verses 1 to 2. Grace and peace to the saints. They're just a greeting, right? If you're anything like me, you might skim over greetings instead of lingering on them. But imagine you're just starting to date someone for the first time, or you've just made really close friends with somebody, and they send you a letter. And... 
You're like, wow, first off, very few people write letters anymore, okay? Uh, and, and so they, in the letter, they, they say, I'm writing this because I love you, because I care about you, because we really hit it off the last time we hung out, or whatever, you know, that this letter comes, and you're going to linger over those words a minute. I remember when I was first dating Holly, and she sent me the first letter after we were separated, and she's in New Hampshire, and I'm in uh, Chicago. I read the, the word to my dearest Joel. I think I read dearest like 10 times. Did she really just call me dearest? Like, that means, like, of all the people she thinks dear, I'm the est, right? I'm the dearest. Wow, okay. Woo! I'm going to marry this girl. So I, I read that greeting, and, and that's the type of greeting that this is. We've got to linger on this greeting. It has a lot to teach us about who Paul thinks he is and who he sees the Philippians as. So I'll read the greeting again. Paul and Timothy servants of Christ Jesus to all God's saints or holy people in Christ Jesus at Philippi together with the overseers and deacons grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ so three things I want to see in these verses three things to linger on there's more that we could but for sake of time we'll look at three. First, look at what Paul calls himself in verse 1 he and Timothy, they're writing this letter together, and he starts it off by saying, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus. That word for servant, that's actually kind of a soft translation because in English, the word slave has so much baggage attached to it because of what we did in the 1800s as a nation that we back away in translations from using the word slave. But that's actually the word here, used. Slavery in the ancient world was a lot different than... In, in a lot of cases. So, you know, Paul is referring to himself as a slave of Jesus. Paul was a really important guy in the early church. Like, really important. He was an apostle. Jesus appeared to the apostle Paul visibly when he was converted. And the first thing that he wants this church to know about him is that he's a slave. A slave of Jesus. A servant, they can quit. If they don't like their wages, they'll go elsewhere. But a slave, he's bound to his master. And Paul wants you to know he's bound to Jesus. Some translations, I think the King James might say a bondservant. Does it say a bondservant of Christ Jesus? It's the idea, like, you're bound to Jesus. Okay? He belongs to his Lord. Whatever Jesus wants, Paul does. He used to be a slave. Everybody's a slave to something, whether it's their... Brian preached a great sermon on this a few months back. We're all slaves to something, whether it's our own desires, whatever's captured our hearts, we become a slave to. That's how addiction works, right? We're all addicted to something, some vision of what we want to be, whether it's our job, our reputation, our occupation, our family. We, we just Something captures our hearts that we live for. And whatever you live for, whatever you love, you become a slave of sorts too. You serve it with your time, with your money, with your talents. And sin is like that. Man, it's a, 
a harsh slave master. And Paul used to serve sin and self and pride, but now he's a slave to Jesus. Jesus set him free from slavery to sin, but he became a, a, his freedom is a form of slavery, but not a bad kind of slavery. That Jesus is a master that you want to be a slave of. He's a slave of Jesus. Why? Well, said so Jesus set him free, but Jesus, how did Jesus set him free? Philippians 2 verse 7. Flip over there if you would, maybe a page or two. Philippians 2 verse 7. We're going to spend a lot of time in Philippians 2 when we get there. Jesus made himself nothing, emptied himself, taking on the very nature of a slave. The king of the universe that Paul serves, the greatest being that ever lived, the creator of all that there is, our Lord Jesus, he humbled himself while he was on earth. He became a slave, a servant. He took the towel and wrapped it around his waist and washed his disciples' feet. Taking the cross, he washed their sins. And so Paul's saying, I want you to know that no matter what label you give me, first and foremost, I'm a slave of the slave who died for me. That's what Paul wants you to know. His love has captured me. He's freed me from sin. The slave who died for me is the king who sets me free. I mean, it's, the Bible's full of amazing paragraph, paradoxes. The king, the highest of all, becomes the lowest of all so that he might lift me one day to be with him in the new creation. Paul's a slave, and we too if we trust Jesus, become slaves of Jesus, but not just slaves. Look at verse 1 again. Saints. That's the second thing to look at. To all God's holy people. It's a good translation. That's what the word saint means, but literally, it's the word saint. In Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons. Now, overseers, those would be the pastors. Deacons are those in the church. The, the word deacon means servant. Deacons in the church help the pastors with what they need. So everyone else, the category that all the Christians in Philippi fall into, along with the pastors and the deacons, is saint. Now, this really, really needs to sink in, guys. It has to. If you identify as a Christian, like if you say, I'm a Christian, that means you are a saint. If, if I had t-shirts, so I want to give a t-shirt to each one of you, like a new creation t-shirt that, 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 that was like an identity status, like what are we? Uh, it could say on it, I'm a Christian, or it could say, saint. To the saints in Granville. To the saints in Philippi. That's who we are. We see this all across the New Testament. The letters are to the saints. Not some specific, extra holy group of people within the church, but to all the church. To be a saint 
does not mean, though, that you are a sinless human being. That's Christianity 101 there. To be a saint means that you belong to God and that he has declared you to be holy in his sight. Not because you are in yourself perfectly holy, not yet but because Jesus' blood has covered your sin, he has made you clean in God's sight. And because Jesus' love has captured your heart and brought you so that you belong to Jesus. It's like God has a storeroom of possessions, and if you're going to belong to God, you're holy, and you are in his storeroom of possessions. You belong to God as his treasured possession. Okay? You're the holy one's. When a saint sins, which all saints sin, this side of heaven, that saint is not acting in line with who he truly is, with who God has declared him to be in Jesus. Listen, if I play for the New York Giants, okay, and I am... I catch a touch, I catch a, a pass, okay, and I, I'm running towards the end zone, and all of a sudden, I decide to turn around, because I got hit, and I got disoriented, maybe it was an accident, maybe it's on purpose, and I start running towards the other end zone, and I manage to dodge everybody, and I go to the other end zone. Does that make me not a giant? Well, maybe eventually, if I get fired, but, which I probably would, but, uh, in that moment, I'm not living like a giant, but I still have the giant jersey. I'm still a giant. Okay, that's just a, 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 an illustration. A saint who sins is a saint who's not living in line with who he is, but he's still a saint. And hopefully, in the case of that giant, he would think, what was I thinking? I wasn't thinking. Or... I'm sorry, that was wrong, uh, I, I repent, I won't do that again. Or, I'll try harder next time to not get disoriented. Okay. So the, the point I'm making is that, Christian, you are a saint. And that's the first thing Paul says to the saints in Philippi. Alright, so get, remember that. Next time you are feeling shameful, like a failure, Dirty, broken, like, I don't measure up. Remember, there's something that you have in common with every other Christian in the world who has ever lived or will ever live. You are a saint. God has called you holy. That's amazing. And then he says to all the saints all the time in the letters, be holy because I am holy. You are holy, so be holy. You are a giant, so play like a giant, okay? Play for the team because you have been placed on the team. And one day, when Jesus returns, the saints will no longer sin. And that, all true saints, they long for that. They hate their sin. They hate that they fumble the ball. They don't want to do that. They want to live for Jesus. So, we're for it. we are slaves of Jesus, which that should really humble us, actually. 
you're a slave. If the Apostle Paul was a slave of Jesus, we're all, if you follow Jesus, you're a slave. And you're a saint, which should lift you up. So you're both humbled and lifted up in the same moment. Slaves who are saints. And then third, you have a father who gives you grace and peace through Jesus. Verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't deserve to be called saints. 